today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're going into our memory banks and revealing the worst wrestling booking ideas we've ever heard. Right, Brian? That's right, Michael. Wait, who, what the hell are you doing here? Where's, where's Malonis? I don't know. You tell me. Well, we'll find out. Plus, your pro about nothing is coming up later on and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 117. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast currently on an extended hiatus from the ring and joining me as always is well he's a veteran of the new england independent matt wars mm-hmm. well he's not a ring of honor wrestler though uh, well formerly kind of kind of you're, you're not the irresistible force no there's no way you're an immovable object uh-uh. so yes no brian malonis this week instead i am joined by the owner and head trainer of the new england pro wrestling academy the owner of chaotic wrestling the permanent guest host to the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand, the uh, king of New Hampshire, Brian Fury. Hello. How do you do? I'm wonderful, Mr. Crockett. How about yourself? Good. It's good to have you back here. You did a little cameo when we were backstage at Chaotic Wrestling a few episodes ago, but... Yeah, I found some time to uh, squeeze in talking to you guys, my favorite podcast. So uh, here you are. We're going to keep you here for the whole show. How's that sound? Hey, I'm, I'm down. That's, that's the uh, permanent guest host hosts duties and i'm always willing to do a duty <laughs> four or five times a day sometimes <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta, gotta keep it clean there, all right there we go well your students were they keeping it clean at raw this past monday they were they were uh congoing all over the place doing the no way Congoing, conga i think that's sure why not all right. uh they were uh with no way jose they doing were. that whole deal were you proud of them were you proud of their sashaying well, you know how it is, uh, you know, being an extra. They, they, I think. Of course, I do, Brian. Uh, I'm an old veteran. <laughs> they didn't make the uh, casket go crooked, but you know, they they, they did okay. <laughs> the casket deal, yeah. <laughs> the, the conga line wasn't crooked, no. <laughs> no. I think if it's crooked, it's a little better of a conga line. Probably, if you think about it. A little it. extra oomph to it. Okay, I'll go with you on that. Right. So, uh, yeah, how was Raw overall? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you saw was just still pictures of them uh, on, yes. on Facebook from Chris it? Sullivan. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Raw was solid. Uh, I didn't realize that the there was a pay per view this weekend. I thought it was a one week away, so I was very surprised by that. But overall, you know, it's been all right. We're they're in the slow build. Well, not really a slow build, but in the build to extreme rules this weekend. Um, well, it'd be already already be over by the time people hear this. True. That's right. So. Uh, what a show it was. <laughs> they delivered on every level, didn't they? I'm sure they did. I'm sure you watched that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about that a little later on. No, we won't be. <laughs> so, how has the product been overall? You know that I have uh, not sworn it off, but I've neglected it for quite a while. The right. WWE product, a lot of people online are down on it. You see on Twitter especially just people uh, trashing it at every turn. How do you feel overall what's going on? I know you're a shill 
for the for the WWE. You're trying to get another shot back down at the Performance Center, <laughs> but uh, try to give your unbiased opinion. Well, you have one normal co-host that is a complete shill for Ring of Honor, and your, yes. your guest co-host is somewhat of a shill for the World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, I don't, again, I think the wrestling itself is fantastic. There's, I see. No issues with any of the wrestling, the matches, some of the stories. I mean, I guess they can be kind of whatever. I mean, but nothing is nothing is certainly grown worthy. No, well, not since the Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn stuff. But nothing has been grown worthy. But I mean, I I I think it's been fine. Seth Rollins has been absolutely knocking it out of the park every single match he's had. Kevin Owens back on Raw is great because he's super entertaining and stuff. Braun Strowman over like crazy. Um, it's 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 been enjoyable. Well, I neglected to mention that we are here at your school, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, where uh, many years ago, not that many years ago, but Sasha Banks walked through the door here and started training to be a professional wrestler. What do you think of Sasha Banks' whole thing with the anger management with Bailey? Um, It's, you know, Raw has always been a little bit of everything you know you look at wwe they say it's a circus and so you need something that's crazy something that's a little tame something that's funny and some you know a little bit of everything and uh their skits have been interesting um it'll be so not funny but interesting well no the first one was funny you know but you know they both kind of the same outcome at this point we'll see where it goes i mean i know you're not watching but on smackdown the obviously daniel bryan and kane team hell no just had a big reunion and they did similar stuff years ago going through the anger management and stuff and actually they brought back the person that did the anger management for the first time yes. with bailey and dr Sasha, shelby which, which was yes which was very enjoyable and fun good little callback as they say it was and uh i mean we'll, we'll see where it goes it's it could be something really big i mean obviously those two have one of if not the best match in nxt history so to them possibly get a chance to do that in the main roster would be fantastic but it's not having an Extreme Rules. You didn't see that yesterday on uh, Extreme Rules. That's Correct. coming up at some point. Maybe maybe SummerSlam, right? In the SummerSlam. In the SummerSlam. We'll see what happens uh, at the SummerSlam. Speaking of things, uh, events happening in New York City, you mentioned that the shill for Ring of Honor is not here this week, uh, Kingpin Brian Malonis. Yes. And uh, the news came out late last week, as you're hearing this. Thursday. That... Ring of Honor, it's official. It is confirmed. They put out a video, so I mean, they can't go back now. That Ring of Honor will be in Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania weekend in 2019. Yep. G1 Supercard, April 6th. Um, assuming it will go head to head with TakeOver, much like their Supercard of Honor did this year. Would they draw like seven or 8,000 fans this year? Something like that, six, 7,000. Uh, obviously, Madison Square Garden is much bigger than that, but. It's WrestleMania weekend. There's, you know, 50,000 fans in town. It's New York City. I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to fill that arena. And you're only going to pull out all the stops as well. Of course. But then you, you got to think TakeOver is going to go the same route. And, you know, it's going to be two huge, big shows happening at the same time. And which one are you going to go see, Michael? I don't know. I don't know if I'll be there. It's I mean, New York City this year. You're not gonna You're not going to experience any of the mania? head down that's it's possible maybe it'll be a family event oh there you go i gotta consider these things the, now the little guy's first wrestlemania <laughs> i don't know if that'll uh meet <laughs> approval but <laughs> but it would definitely be interesting to get and see uh, a different 
show at i mean i haven't seen any show at msg i've never been to that square garden no either i was actually just talking about that with a friend recently because they they just went to the house show that was just there Mm -hmm. and you got to see undertaker and a couple other you know fun things so it's always that's that's the arena with all the allure and stuff so for any company other than wwe to run there for the first time in I don't know how long, 30, 40 Something like years that, probably. Yeah. Like it's 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 huge. It's huge. Not only is it a huge arena, but that's huge to be in that arena, the arena. Yeah, I mean, everyone says, you know, it's when you get to WWE, like your first MSG show is something special. But to be able to do that and not be under WWE contract, that's going to be even more special. Just a crazy thing you would never think would happen if, unless you were, uh, you know, under a deal with WWE. It's crazy to think how much they've grown um, whether it's just on their own or through the partnership with New Japan because they were just doing the small room at Hammerstein across the street from Madison Square Garden just a couple of years ago. Last time they were in New York City, that's where they were because I, I, I went down for it. And uh, now to be at MSG, it's, it's, that's insane. That's insane growth for a company over just a short span of time. And of course, the New Japan connection would definitely help them. And it's under, they're calling it a G1 special, the G1 Supercard. Uh, so, you know, I think they've already announced Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi will be there for sure. Uh, you know, the whole ROH roster, maybe Brian Malone will be able to sneak in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see what, we'll see what he can do to get on the card. That's going to be the new thing for you now. Instead of bugging him about All In, you got to ask him about the G1 Supercard. I, I think, yeah, I think I might have to give up on All In. MSGs, that's a big deal. That's that's gonna be where it's at. Yeah, so that's gonna be something to uh, bug him about for a while. That's yeah, I definitely will be bugging him about getting on the MSG show. You should be bugging him about it, man. I I, I want to come out of retirement for that one. <laughs> Let's go MSG. Hell yeah. You'd come out of retirement for a, a lot less than MSG. Well, I, think. well I, I don't know about come out of retirement for it, but you know, I don't know what you're trying to say there, Michael. A little spot here or there. <laughs> According to you guys, I've been out of retirement like 10 times already. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, oh, si- since we last spoke, you were uh, inducted into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Is I that was. correct? Yes, I was. It was it was a fun little time, a nice little event put on by Mr. Joseph Bruin and hosted by Mr. Rich Palladino, the voice of New England professional wrestling. Uh, it was it was actually a good little time. It was a pretty neat little ceremony and stuff, and it was uh, fun. Anyone that you saw there that you hadn't seen in a long time? Quite a few people. Quite a few people that I hadn't seen in a while. My old tag team partner, Chris Venom, was there. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Rocket Fred Curry, who I hadn't seen in a while. Um, just a bunch of random people that you just don't get to see all that often or shows that I hadn't been on or they haven't wrestled in a while either. I don't really get out and about much anymore, so just to see a lot of people for the first time in a while was very good. All right, well, uh, congratulations. <laughs> Why, thank you. On being a Hall the plaque, of Famer. as you can see, is hanging on the wall behind I was me. Staring, I was staring at it, yeah. It's very prestigious. Proudly displayed. It sure is. And someone else who was proud last week on this podcast was Ace Romero. Yes. And did you get Ace to hear baby. that? I did. I listened to it uh, this week at work. The funny thing about viral videos, Brian is they come and go quickly. They do. Because by the time our episode was released, we interviewed him on, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, Mm -hmm. and we released it on Monday. By the time it was released on Monday, the wrestling world had already moved on to the next GIF, the next uh, viral video, which was Michael Jackson Moonwalk DDT. Yes, yep. <laughs> that was yes. the, that was the one that was, uh, you know, that's how quick these things go. Oh, Christian Casanova, what could have been? <laughs> Remember when I tried to get him to do the, the thriller, 
dance scene and the Halloween battle yeah. royal. Yeah. And he rushed through it like it does everything else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, he's the worst uh, Michael Jackson dancer that I'd ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It was a good gimmick for him to kind of uh, get on shows and start to be able to just work in front of a crowd and stuff. But I don't know. Myself and numerous others told him, all right, let's move on from the Michael Jackson thing for a couple of years. And it took him forever to do it. And what do you know? As soon as he did. Now he's blown up and wrestling all over the place and having some really high star matches and stuff. And so good for him, but he should have happened a couple of years ago. And is he still the Chaotic Wrestling Tag Team Champions with he, Triple Issues? He is not. He oh. is the winner of the Chaotic Countdown. That's true. And he's going to be wrestling JT Dunn at some point in time for the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight title. And he on Friday, he just wrestled in a tag match against X-Pac. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. X-Pac. What a star-studded match that was. It was a star-studded match. So congratulations to Christian Casanova on, on breaking out. There's a lot of guys under your auspices who are breaking out these days. Of course, we talked about Josh Briggs briefly yeah. last time you were on, doing stuff with Evolve. Who else is uh, someone to look out for? Cam Zagami's, you know, really starting to come into his own now as the Chikara Young Lions Cup holder, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, obviously, Anthony Green is really starting to spread his wings and get all over the place. Uh, I loved on Raw how he was basically just retro Anthony Green. <laughs> he didn't have to wear anything ridiculous. Just like he just wore what he normally wears. Josh Briggs, obviously, Christian Casanova now. Uh, D.L. Hurst and Brett Domino are probably the next two guys to look out for within the next couple of years that are really going to start to do some more stuff. So, And I know that... The fact that Sasha Banks trained here has brought a lot of women into the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Any prospects in that department? Yes, we have one. Actually, one of the Platinum Honeys is is coming along really well, Evie. Great. Um, Michelle is coming along a little slower, but she's good. And then we get Miss Sarah, who is uh, doing well as well. It's just, you know, a lot of people, when they go through training, hit certain plateaus at different levels. And each one of them are plateauing at certain things a little bit longer uh, than I would like to. But we, we've broken them out of a couple already and moved them on. So now they just got to kind of keep putting those feet forward and moving past these different things they're having difficulties with. And I think they'll all three of them will be on shows within the next like three to four months, I think. Tremendous. Tremendous. And uh, we're going to get going with our show here, Brian Fury. Oh, okay. But first, let me mention BrianMalonis.com. All right. Just for my buddy. Get a little t-shirt. Oh, I don't need a little T-shirt. I need a bigger, <laughs> yeah. bigger T-shirt. Eey. If you know what I mean. Ooh. Your collar's uh, a little tight. <laughs> Everything else is a little tight too. Uh, so you can get his uh, brand new Mega Malonis T-shirt at BrianMalonis.com. It's a nice design. It is a nice design. I wonder who came up with that. It worked me at first. First time I saw it. Yeah, I think everyone uh, just thinks it's the Mega Millions logo. All right, it's a good, it's a good shirt. Something that people would want to wear, and you know, make people look twice at it. It's always, it's a good, good little uh, eye-catching design. And of course, you can get the Curtain Jerker WPAN T-shirt as well. Indeed, which is uh, an- another beautiful eye-catching design, if I do say so myself. Well, uh, brick wall, right? Is that, what that is a little in the bit, yeah. a little bit, a little bit, a little brick wall. So go check that out, BrianMalonis.com, and you can, of course, you can go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com for uh, more on us, for more on Brian Malonis, for more on our careers, photos, all this stuff. Speaking of photos, real what? quick, I went to that website literally just this week. Yes. 
The photo of you on your bio page is how old? Which one? I only saw one on the bio page. Where I'm holding up the title? You must be 60 pounds lighter than you are now. (laughs) It's not that long ago, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that long ago, my friend. (laughs) Sympathy wait. Okay. Sympathy wait. So I'll be coming off with hers. Yes. All right. Let's... Let's see how that I'm happens. I'm currently sweating for the wedding myself. Yeah? Or uh, what's the other one I saw? Shredding for the wedding. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm in the midst of a uh, total of like 35-pound weight loss. I'm down seven pretty quickly. And then, uh, you know, 92 days to go. So, wow. Let's make it happen. Got the nuptials coming up. Indeed. Brian Fury, off the market. Indeed. Never thought it would happen. I know. My goodness. Well, <laughs> congratulations on that as well. <laughs> Uh, also, you can go to the Putting Over Podcast Facebook group. We're not talking about Brian Fury's wedding there. We're talking about wrestling podcasts, all wrestling podcasts there. Go to Facebook, put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts, and uh, come and talk with us about all of wrestling's podcasts. Are you still listening to lots of podcasts, Michael? I'm trying. It's 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 getting harder, but I, I'm I'm doing what I can. What's making it harder for you? Just well, your schedule, or you just don't like them anymore? I I think I've oversaturated my own head where I, I, I am getting sick of some of them. Like, I haven't listened to anything involving Conrad in a while. Actually, I, I did just put on the most recent one with um, Brutus Beefcake just because I had okay. nothing else to listen to. Solid episode. But uh, you listen to any of the Bischoff ones with him? None I of haven't. I haven't. Oh God. He's, uh, I don't know. So I've you heard... don't watch wrestling anymore. You don't listen to the wrestling podcast anymore. <laughs> I like the classic wrestling podcasts. Okay. We get a couple pals that we'll talk about a little later where they talk about the classic stuff, not All not right. so much the current stuff. And I don't know. I don't need to hear about uh, stuff from the Monday Night Wars. You're turning into adult. I am. <laughs> Slowly but surely, morphing into adult. Adult Mark Boudry. Adult Mark, former uh, co-owner of Chaotic Wrestling. You ripped it from his from his hands and took it over. <laughs> yes. And now he has no one to cook hot dogs for. That's a shame. (laughs) All right. Let's get to this segment. Before we even get into talking about the worst ideas we've ever ever been presented, Brian, we have a segment that we've done a couple times here. Uh Uh-oh, you're springing something on me. We're going to bring you in on this, my friend, because I have exhaustively poured through the results of a bunch of recent and not so recent independent oh. shows oh, no. and singled out funny, strange, or interesting matches from these events. Now, I'm going to have you, Brian Fury, tell me if the wrestlers I've identified in these matches are making towns, as in they are real independent pro wrestlers, or if they are just made-up clowns, meaning it's a result I just made up. Yes, we're playing Making Towns or Made-Up Clowns for the first time with Brian Fury here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Beautiful. All right. You need uh, some sort of jingle for this one, too. Uh, yeah, I got to come up with something. In my head, I don't know why, I just think of that Adam Sandler skit of the... G- Barry Lincoln! Are these guys <laughs> <laughs> lifting weights? <laughs> We're having sex. <laughs> so since it's two different things, you get, it's got to be something along those lines. Making towns <laughs> made of clowns. All right. Okay. The first one, Brian Fury, we go all the way to Perth, Australia. Ooh. And on that show, 
a number of months ago, Bleeding Billy Williams defeated Lord Jonathan Wimbledon. This is... um. So I guess it's a guy who, who bleeds and a guy who plays tennis. I'm going to say this is making towns. This so is, this is a, a a shoot, brother. These are real independent pro wrestlers. Yes. You are correct. Yes. Bleeding Billy Williams did indeed defeat Lord Jonathan Wimbledon in Australia. Was there do you have the show for that or no? No. New Horizons Pro Wrestling possibly? Could be. NHPW in Perth. Why do you you you're aware of them? I just know of a promotion in Perth, yes. Okay. Excuse me. You I didn't know you're worldwide like that. <laughs> Uh, you might have to plead the fifth on some of these. Okay. We go from Australia back to the States. Woodstock, Illinois. Oh, brother. See, now I have no clue. This match saw El Mero Mero, Iniestra, and Semsei defeat the hunk with the tree trunks, Chase Gosling, and Anakin. Wait, so was this three on two? No, because the, the uh, Iniestra's nickname is El Miro Miro. Oh. As in Mark, I guess. <laughs> El Miro Miro, Iniestra, and Semsei defeated the hunk with the tree trunks, Chase Gosling, and Anakin, making towns who made up clowns. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say this is Making Towns as well. I don't think you'd be able to come up with all of that on your own. <laughs> what if I had help? Well, you could. The lovely lady could have helped you with those uh, luchador names. And no one helps you with this stuff. <laughs> they make me do it all myself. You're correct. Yes. Making Towns, indeed. Okay. From Illinois, we go not so far away to Holly, Michigan. Brian Fury. Okay. In this match, Holly, Holly. <laughs> there's there's no Kelly Kelly involved in this. <laughs> Father Time defeated the Beefcake. Nico Klitschkov, the Evil Lucha, Road Rash, Kalam. We're still going here. And MC Breeze. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys involved? Seven guys in one match? Yes. And Father Time was the winner. Defeating The Beefcake, Nico Klitschkoff, The Evil Lucha, Road Rash, Kalam, and MC Breeze. Making towns or made up clowns. Father Time always wins. <laughs> he sure does in the end. Um, boy. He's probably undefeated. This one, um, I think if you made it up, it wouldn't be an odd number of people. <laughs> okay. You would have done it even, so I'm going to say this is uh, Making Towns. Wow, okay, that's a very uh, interesting theory. And you're correct. Yes. Three for three. <laughs> Only a promoter that would book those guys would put... An odd number of people into a match. <laughs> okay. We move on to Beaumont, Texas. Brian Fury. All right. As Jared Wayne with Johnny Flex of the Pump Patrol. <laughs> a good tag name. 
defeated Boo Koo Dao, a.k.a. the Situation. Okay. There's no way that person <laughs> is wrestling in Texas. This is this is made up clowns. W- which one? <laughs> the, the, the Situation. I don't <laughs> foresee that happening in Texas. I think this is made up. All right. Oh, wait. You know, I don't... Asians love like Western culture, like Westerns and stuff. So there's, I guess there's a possibility, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna say no. You're saying that it's made up clowns. Yeah. Fingers crossed over here. And you are incorrect. Ah! It is true. There is a situation. A, a few years too late. I love the situation. <laughs> Jersey Shore references. Uh, never get old to me. So, so they're they're back. So it's back in vogue again. Did you watch it? No. So good. It's so good. It was. It was awesome. It was just good to see them all again. It was so ridiculous and so good all at the same time. What about Sammy Sweetheart? Did not show. Well, she was kind of there. You got to watch the show to understand. Okay. Cameo appearance? Nah. Well, not really. But yeah. Hmm. All right. Yelled her on the phone or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Moving on from the uh, Jersey Shore talk. Moore Park, California is the next location, the next event we're talking about here. And on that show, Figgy and Sweetfish defeated Team RTC, Brawlin' Bo Cooper, and Drew Everest. What do you think RTC stands for? Right to censor, I'm sure. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, too. Let's get the um, old uh, siren going. This, these are pretty plain names. I, I'm going to say this is... Um, they're so plain. I, I think you wouldn't you wouldn't throw these out there. I'm going to say this is Making Towns. You're correct. Yes. They are indeed real professional wrestlers. Figgy and Sweetfish. I'm not sure why, but there they are. Are you watching these matches somewhere? No, I'm just... Where where are you finding these results? I'm scouring the internet, the interwebs all over for independent wrestling results. I see. Interesting. And my quest took me to the UK. Oh, all right. Hindley, Wigan, United Kingdom, if you will. Okay. Where on this show, the Sheik, it's Sheik with an H on the end, the Sheik... (laughs) defeated the ringmaster by pinfall he's back oh man he's just uh incognito in the uk all right i'm sure you uh well no he lost i'm sure you got the million dollar dream on at some point the chic not sure if the million dollar championship was on the line in this event but if it did the chic won it the new champion um this you were very particular with the spelling on how the sheik was spelled mm-hmm. with an H at the end. It makes me think you didn't make it up. I'm going to say this is making towns. Yeah, that was a bad move on my part. You got too many tells, man. You got too many tells. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Those are real results from the UK. And now we go from the UK back to California, Pacifica, California, in fact, as... The team of the Suburban Commandos. Ooh. I don't know if that's Hogan and The Undertaker. They're both in Suburban Commando, right? They were. 
I don't Terry think it's, and Mark. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's them, though. They defeated P. Daddy, D. Torch, the Resident Cowboys, and the Creepshow Carnival. So I guess this was a... Boy. Maybe it was a, a four-way. Maybe P. Daddy and D. Torch, I think, were teaming up. So it's the Suburban Commandos defeated P. Daddy and D. Torch, the Resident Cowboys, and the Creepshow Carnival... Those guys are Jekylls and Sin, by the way. So, making towns, made-up clowns, you let me know. This one is this one might be the hardest one of the, of the group here. I'm going to say making towns, and only because there's so many people and different names that you wouldn't have made up two, four, six, eight names and the team names and stuff for this one match. I I think making towns. You got it. Yes. It's just gonna be figured out already. Your laziness it took, it took, shines through. It took, Mal- <laughs> it took Malone us a year <laughs> to figure me out. I guess we've known each other longer. Well, have we known each No, we haven't known each other longer. No, no. No. We're uh, I'm we're on the same wavelength though, you and I, I think. I think so. But let's Close this out with one more. All right. Brian Fury. Let's see if this will get you. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh Uh-oh. Anything can happen in Louisville. You've been there, right? I have. In this match, Amon defeated Michael Hayes in a casket match. (laughs) Is this from recently? (laughs) Yes. It was recent. Amon defeated Michael Hayes in a casket match. Oh, boy. How far away is Bad Street from Louisville? And that's awfully close to one of the names of the, one of the guys in um, Authors of Pain, isn't it? One of them is named like... Oh boy. You think I'm supposed to know? Razar and Acom. Um, uh, boy. I, because I hope... This one isn't real. That's really the only reason I'm going with made-up clowns. All right. And you're incorrect. All of these were actual results. You got two wrong. All of these were true. I pulled all of these directly from the internet. And yes, Amon defeated Michael Hayes. And I think this is a a match from OVW. And I think Michael Hayes is like, if I remember correctly, he's some sort of war hero or or he he has something to do with the military. And I guess maybe he's known in the area. So he uses his actual name, which happens to be a name of a famous wrestler, Michael Hayes. Fantastic. Just like there's a, a kid... A guy in Rhode Island who uses his real name and it's Tom Billington. Is that that's his real name? Yes. Really? Yeah. And the first time I saw it on a sheet, I was really weirded out. I was like, "What the? What is? What do you mean?" But yeah. So, I mean, I get it. It's a real name and stuff, but you gotta kind of say, "Well, no, can't use that." I guess. No P.S. Though. <laughs> True. He's not purely sexy. Boy, people wonder why independent wrestling gets a bad rap and you hear some of those matches and stuff. It's that's rough. 
Well, uh, let us know what you think out there about making towns or made up clowns. Give us your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your thoughts, your take on this week's episode. Use the hashtag WPAN so we can find it and respond to you. And of course, call the voicemail line. Get your voice on our show, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. We haven't heard from you guys in a while. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Call the voicemail line. Call and leave a message just because I'm the guest host and you, you prove that you guys like me when you like Malonis. How about that? Just do that for me. That'd be nice. Yeah. I don't a know little, if it's going to happen, Keep though. a little praise on the voicemail for me, please. A lot of pinheads listen to the uh, <laughs> wrestling podcast about nothing. My, my friend Josh gave him that, by the way. Really? The pinhead thing, yes. My buddy Josh, the, the guy that drew my first two shirts and stuff and did the, actually the logo for the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, he's the one that came up with the pinhead bit. I think the first time I heard it, uh, Mark Sherman used it in a promo. I, I'm a pinhead. <laughs> I'm 99.9% sure my buddy Josh came up with it. Really? Yeah, and like talked to him on like on Facebook like in, in a comment or something like that about it. Maybe Malonos can let us know on Twitter or when we talk to him, we have him back here on the show next week, I guess. Let's... uh. Find out I, the origin. I remember Malone's going, Pinhead, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pinhead. We're all pinheads. Wouldn't you like to be a pinhead too? All right. Let's talk about booking the territory. Uh, Mike Mills. Oh, Mike Mills. Doc Turner, Hard Body Harper. They talk every week, twice a week, about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, about the old NWA, Jim Crockett promotions, all sorts of things. Sundays and Thursdays there on Booking the Territory. MikeMills.podbean.com if you want to listen to Mike Mills pontificate about classic wrestling, especially from the South. And uh, what do you have to say about that? You saw me yawning while you were doing that, didn't you? Why? Because I don't care about any of that. Mike Mills is a great guy. Those other guys, I'm sure, are good guys. And and and. Well, they're kind of despicable. The other two. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't need to watch that wrestling. I don't need to hear someone talk about that wrestling. You guys watched what two episodes that time or one episode? Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. How good was it? It exactly. was uh, <laughs> and they do a, a tremendous show. Uh, great personalities there on booking the territory. Check it out for the uh, for the guys. Stay for the talk about uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair wins promo of the week every single week on that show. Of course he does. By all means, listen listen to the to the show. They're good guys, and I support them. But I do not like Smoky Mountain, so I have no reason to listen to that podcast. A show you should listen to. Uh, they talk a lot about what we are, are familiar with more, the WWF of the olden days. That show is called Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Joe Morata and Michael Quinn helm that show talking about all the old stuff. Okay. It's really good, really interesting, really fun. Uh, you should check that one out, Brian Fury. Have they been on this podcast? They were. They were on when we talked about merchandise a year oh, ago okay. at this point. Okay, I, I remember that. Yeah, the t- different toys and stuff like that. All right. Yeah, so those two guys. Uh, they hope were all right. They were have enjoyable. them back on at some point. They're enjoyable. All right. And we had on recently Peter Winston, PW. PW. Yes. I really not understand that PW was from the previous Big Adventure. I don't know. He's he, And he th- talks about like the 80s or whatever. He's all about all the, the 80s, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. And he only, he only saw like, I let him get away with uh, saying he only saw Peewee's Big Adventure like Back in the day. Yeah. What is wrong with One you? of my favorites. It's Tim Burton's best movie. <laughs> Probably. 
Uh, so check out Greetings from Allentown. He talks about uh, stuff other than Pee Wee Herman. Is he on older? That show. Is, he, is he our age? He's a is little that... younger. So, okay. So he's he, like is he mid, reminiscing talking about the eighties? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about. Uh, he, he looks at one episode of wrestling TV this past week. It was All American Wrestling from 1986, oh, and boy. he weaves in stories from the time, stories from his own past, his own childhood. He's a, actually a big uh, chaotic wrestling fan. He comes all the time to chaotic wrestling. Nice. I have to make sure he says hello to me. Say hello to me at some point in time when I'm out mingling and whatnot. And he loves uh, Anthony Green as well. How can you not? He's quite the character. He likes the platinum honeys too. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone loves the Platinum Honeys. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Jason Stewart and all those guys over there. Stuff going on all week on that feed. Make sure you go and check that out. Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Uh, subscribe to all those shows and uh, take a listen. They're all buddies of ours. They all put us over. So we're putting them over and thanking them very much for spreading the word about the wrestling podcast about nothing. Jason Stewart's a great guy. He was at the uh, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame as well. And then... um. I believe he was on this podcast, right? He was on this podcast before? Yeah, he, he was on one of the he bonus shows. On, that's what it was, one of the bonus shows. Yeah, I remember. And he was unbelievably well-spoken, super well-prepared. I, I really enjoyed listening when he was on. He was a, he was a good dude. I want to have him back on, at some point, definitely. Uh, and he's a very tall gentleman as well. Indeed he is. You don't hear that on the radio, though, on, on podcast. On the radio. <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> on the Mexican radio. Whoa, whoa. All right. Brian, let's get to the topic at hand about 38 minutes into this podcast. (laughs) The worst ideas we've ever heard in professional wrestling, whether they're told to us or we've heard uh, them told to others, ideas that never got in front of the people, ideas some of them perhaps did get in front of a wrestling audience and probably bombed completely. All right. But... Terrible ideas given to us in professional wrestling. All right. And this topic is thanks to Steven. He is at HHHGuy2004. My arch nemesis. He talked about this. What are some of the worst ideas you've been given uh, in professional wrestling? And Brian gave it, uh, an idea where Ace Romero wanted him to do a Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. I guess that's a little different than kind of how i interpreted the question rather than just like a a spot or a move or something like that i kind of thought of perceived gimmicks or or ideas or or angles and things along those lines yeah we can interpret Um, this however we want right it's our show yeah well it's not your show but modified yeah exactly very modified (laughs) but um so you were talking about um things that possibly did happen Right. Um, in the year 2000, I In the year 2000. Um, in the year I don't 2000. Whatever year it was. Um, when I first, first started training, you, you referee a couple matches here and there mm-hmm. before you start wrestling. Oh, I thought you were going to say the mesh shirt was a bad idea. I never idea. wore <laughs> a mesh shirt. <laughs> I don't care what you or Mucko say. <laughs> you have a mesh shirt in your possession, don't you? Yeah, and it's in this office because he gave it to me on my last match. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, So this has actually made it to a show. Uh, you were a referee. I was a referee. And the match that I refereed, and this is one of the worst ideas ever it was it was lobster man mm-hmm. we all know the lobster man versus homo zuna the sissy sumo 
<laughs> I had no idea that was his nickname. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. The, his one, Homozuna's one and only match, I was the referee for. And boy, was that a bad <laughs> wrestling idea. <laughs> wow. Do, uh, do I dare ask what he did in the ring? I I couldn't honestly really remember much other than kind of like how he was dressed and stuff. He had like the diaper gimmick on and he had long hair at the time, but he had them pulled into two like ponytails like coming out of the top of like the left and right side of his head rather than, you know, the like big bun in the back. Yeah, something like that. And it, I remember him like throwing like a baby hissy fit in the middle of the match at one point in time. But yeah, overall, not a good idea as you could imagine but it was a long time ago uh it was uh this world has definitely gotten a lot more uh rigid a lot more politically correct but even yeah even back then for back then uh, calling a wrestler uh what what is homozuna he was homozuna yes that's probably ill-advised but if that's your name, you're calling it yourself. Is that still ill-advised? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, who played this character? Um, Tommy Boy. That's what we, that was his nickname. Uh, Mike. I think it was Mike. He actually went on to do stuff like on the local radio around here, and then he does stuff with DDP and DDP Yoga now. Um, out somewhere. I don't remember where he is, but he wasn't in wrestling for too, too long. Um, but that was, I think, might have been his first match, too. Or maybe he'd been a little bit. But, yeah, he'd been around for a little bit longer than I. I just remember him as Tommy Boy. That's what we all called him because he was like Chris Farley from the movie Tommy Boy. That wasn't Tom Billington. <laughs> no. No, okay, just Tommy Boy. Okay, here's something. You talked about being a referee early on. I was a referee. I am a referee. You know, still, I haven't turned in my stripes as of yet. But uh, something that annoyed me. On the independence, of course, a broader definition, the worst ideas I've ever heard. This isn't a booking idea, just a bad idea uh, in my mind. Earpieces for referees on the independence. <sighs> Do referees in chaotic wrestling have earpieces? Tony S. still wears one. I don't know. I'm not even sure who is connected to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, legitimately, I'm not You've sure. never talked to... I've to never <laughs> spoken into it. Have you seen uh, anyone else that has a position of power in chaotic wrestling speak into maybe our cameraman caleb has something there i'm not really sure i really don't know (laughs) what he listens to but yeah he always put hooks up and puts it on and i kind of thought for a while maybe it's just for looks but no he he has it and he has it on and it's and i don't i don't know so it could be for looks you just don't possibly but i really don't think so some somebody somewhere is talking to him on there (laughs) i don't know what it is um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm not really for earpieces on the independence. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unnecessary. I, yeah, we're not doing live TV. It's just, it's cumbersome. Uh, of course, it's independent, so it's not top of the line. So, you know, it's falling out of your ear all the time. You're always sitting there adjusting it during the match. You're supposed to be yelling at somebody, but instead you're fucking holding on to your right. ear. It's not going to be top quality stuff here in the independence. It's not going to be like the ones in WWE. You don't even see or really notice. Right. Yeah. And it's just too much. It's not necessary on the independence. I still, uh, you know, when I was in the throes of it, 
being a referee, I would still look to Rich Palladino, who is the ring announcer. He's commentating, and all the while, he's also giving me time cues. Oh yeah, every five yeah. minutes. He was a, a he's a man of many talents, especially you know doing them all at the same time. Rich Palladino. Yeah, a lot more than just a ring announcer and commentator. People don't realize a lot of the stuff that he does. But like, we're not at the independent wrestling isn't at the level where you need all that type of stuff. Maybe if you're doing a live stream and you have to hit a certain time or something along those lines, you really need to make sure the referee knows exactly what's going on. But for just a regular show, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Or you just have someone stand up and wave at you, and you say, "Okay, um, okay, let's go now." Pencil in the mouth. There you go. <laughs> no, pencil. And it's a pencil against the nose, <laughs> and the, or or it's a finger against the nose. Then two fingers for ten. Then three fingers for fifteen. Fifteen minutes, right? Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you, I remember. Yeah, yeah. We giving you the cues, not me. Oh, okay. What is what's another bad idea that you you were given or someone else you know was given in wrestling? Okay. Well, there's two more definite ones that I can talk about here. All right. Let's talk about. The WFA, and I don't know if I really talked about this before, but... Of course, he talked about that. This is Steve Bradley's promotion. Yes. Your mentor. Steve talked to me for a while, and he's like, I don't know what to do with you. You're just kind of like a baby face, like, and he wanted to do something more with me. This is towards the beginning and stuff, and so after a while, he racked his brain, and he came up with an idea for me. Okay. And it was, uh, at the time, Brock Lesnar was the next big thing. He wanted me to be the big thing. And th- that was in reference, he said, <laughs> to the size of my penis. Okay. So we filmed, like, three different vignettes for this. Like, <laughs> like we legit filmed three different things. One was, like, me at a show after the match, like, sitting in the locker room getting changed around a couple of the other guys and we're all just kind of talking about our matches and blah 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 and i get changed and all the guys were like (laughs) selling it like selling it big and i was just like unaware and like like absurd to it like like an idiot like i had no idea what was going on so that was going to be like how the nickname kind of started they were going to say keep saying the big thing oh you see the big thing (laughs) and that was going to become my nickname and I was going to be completely oblivious to it. We filmed another one, another vignette with Miss Peters. Miss Peters, otherwise known, uh, Vanity Vixen, Jen. Yep. How she was like hitting on me. And I was like, I, I was oblivious to this too. She was like, oh, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we can hang out. You can come to my hotel tonight because we were way up north somewhere. And she's like, oh, why don't you come to my room? It's room 69. And I was like, okay. Like, uh, I was like, I can bring my Xbox. I like playing games. And she's like, oh, I love playing games. And I was just completely oblivious to like all like the right. innuendos she's thrown out there. And so we filmed like three or four different vignettes. There was a couple other ones too. And that was going to be me going forward. That was the whole idea. And obviously it's not like a good idea. And you can't really <laughs> make like a gimmick over kind of had a nice little run out of it right but at the same time like what yeah what do you do with that it's so it's so weird and so bad but at the time i was so green and new i was like willing to do whatever to get on the shows and the night came where we were going to start running the vignettes at the, at the live shows and there was like an absurd amount of kids at that show like for whatever reason it was Lilton opera house there was way more than normal and steve just got 
cold feet and totally like nixed the whole thing. Like got rid of the that idea for me. So if there was a, a lighter house, if there were less kids at the little snobber house, you would have been Big Dick Fury. <laughs> for lack of a better term there, yes. Yes, that would have been me. Wow. But you know what I, I like to say? Uh, that wasn't a gimmick, brother. You know, it was a shoot. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Um, okay, here's another one. Do you remember Master Jack... Ooh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes I... It was a gentleman he, who came to the chaotic training center for a long time. He was an older guy. He looked like Ozzy Osbourne, right? Would you say that? Okay. He had older guy, long hair, had tattoos, okay. you know, a little bit E.T. shaped like, <laughs> like <laughs> Ozzy. Okay. But the big idea, I mean, Todd Sinclair... Still to this day, I think, thinks this is going to be a great idea. He was going to be Uncle Jack Logan. And he was going to be the uncle of the Logan brothers. And he was going to, you know, just accompany them to the ring. I guess they would have matches, you know, all of them together. To the ring by Uncle Jack Logan. Yes, and they actually started... uh, they did like some backstage vignettes where they were talking on the phone to somebody, the Logans, and it was going to be Uncle Jack Logan, who's the, I mean, he's a, he's a nice enough guy, but not a talent in the ring. Not not you know he's older guy, not great in the ring, not a great personality. I guess. Do you remember anything about him? I vaguely. I mean, it was a while ago and I think I met him like maybe once or seen him at a show or something like so I don't really have too much of the insight into him as far as that goes. But yeah, he like I said, nice enough guy, but to saddle these young kids at the time, you know, they were early 20s, the Logans, they're an exciting tag team. Uh, you know, they're both on the same page doing great dynamic tag team moves to saddle them with this old guy just basically to give Todd Sinclair a chuckle. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was the best idea. I think it was a pretty damn bad idea. Todd Sinclair, send in a voicemail if you want to actually try to defend this. But to saddle these two young kids who are doing dynamic things with uh, you know, a creepy old guy, I don't think that would have worked. And thankfully, it never got in front of a crowd. I think it was a great idea, and I might have to uh, contact Uncle Jack Logan, <laughs> see if we can get him on a couple of shows coming up here. I, I, he's, I can't imagine that he's still... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said you had one more terrible idea. Okay. Now, this, this is another one from the mind of Jeff Costa. Oh, boy. And we did a whole class where he was just talking about this, and this could be... Terrible or borderline genius? I, I don't really know. Okay. Jeff Costa, obviously the man that comes up with, you know, Siamese twins wrestling and 3D wrestling and Kevin Nashua and Scott Hollis and <laughs> yes. Sting Ray and whatever else. No, it's Sting Ray on yes. the poster. <laughs> Who actually, yeah. And then like Sting Ray's entrance was like, didn't come out the aisle, it came out the back way. Like with the glass behind him, and like 
two um, cars were pulled up and their headlights were on high beams, so you could only see the headlights and high beams and like his silhouette walking. Yeah. So people were actually like, oh, maybe that actually is Sting. And he gets there, no, that's Sting no. Ray. Uh, so then the bell rings, right? <laughs> so Jeff obviously had all these ridiculous and crazy ideas. And so he was talking about what he wanted to do for filming his next idea for television show. He was going to do it like a close-off taping, like at a school or something like that. No audience and stuff. He wanted to do just a ring, and then the whole room, completely whole room except for the ring, be green screened. So <laughs> the matches would take place in like outer space. One match could be, oh, this is a pit of fire match, and there's just fire all surrounding the ring, and like if the loser is the person that gets knocked out of the ring into the fire. Um, obviously, the options are endless. And you know, with the independent wrestling company's budget, you know, this would just be, you know, the CGI would be beyond compare. So... His idea was if you just switch into the channels and then you see something like that and go, what the fuck is this? I gotta watch. These guys are wrestling in space. <laughs> so not only that, he would, he also, other idea in this was, you remember the old Batman TV show, the one from Adam West and stuff? Of course. When they get in the fights, there was like the bam, pop, mm-hmm. pow. So he had ideas of things like if I threw a drop kick and hit you with the drop kick, it would then cut to something quick of like the bottom of my feet coming to the screen and written on the bottom of my feet says like, eat this. <laughs> and then it cuts back to hitting the drop kick and the guy taking the bump amongst other things throughout the show within the wrestling. Again, I don't know if it's completely absurd and ridiculous or borderline genius because you would want to watch that but i don't know if it's for any of the right reasons in any way shape or form i think you'd you'd stop if you saw it if you flipped into the channels like you said but for how long would you stop right was it something you'd call your friends up and go you gotta turn on this <laughs> or would you be like what the hell is this all right yeah well the only thing stopping it was the fact they just couldn't secure that tv deal huh <laughs> otherwise or if it's just one of those random things Jeff just came up with and spewed out for hours and hours out of his mouth and then just didn't follow through on it. Any one of those options could be there. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe someday. It's still on the table. Uh, it's come a long way. Chaotic Wrestling 2019. Ooh. Pit of fire match. Good thinking. Good thinking. Uh, speaking of Chaotic Wrestling, let's wrap this up. Worst ideas we've ever heard. Let's talk about... Tommaso Ciampa's first gimmick. Okay. This one actually got in front of the people for quite a while. Yes, for a This long. gentleman under this gimmick was Chaotic Wrestling Champion. And I think we've, we might have talked about this before, but it all started out on a car ride. I think it was to a Ring of Honor final battle. It was me. It was Hurricane John Walters, also known as RJ Brewer. It was Todd Fatpan Sinclair and our buddy Mucko, Eric Arsnault, all driving to this uh, show. Quite the crew. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about Seinfeld, of course, as you tend to do. Things uh, haven't changed very much 
in whatever it's been, fifteen the 15 years since. Uncle Leo, yep. he talks about his nephew, Jeffrey, who has a beautiful penmanship. And from that, Tommy penmanship was born. Thanks to Seinfeld. Seinfeld has given us two great things in wrestling. The wrestling podcast about nothing <laughs> and Tommy penmanship. And this is one of those things that kids doing a battle royal, his first match ever, a battle royal for chaotic wrestling. And a lot of the times, you know, you, you rib the kid, you give him a, a weird ass gimmick. Yeah, weird name, funny name, terrible theme music or something, you know, like a ha ha. And then you just move on from it. But Tommaso embraced fully, much to his detriment. As he tends to do. Yes. Jumps in with both feet. He's really the guy that's going to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yes, and I would say he did, but Tommy Penmanship, he's given this name. I'm not sure he was given anything else, and he goes and he buys a bunch of frilly shirts. Like I would almost say a pirate shirts, if you will. <laughs> he wanted to be a pirate. A little puffy. And uh, a quills, which are, you know, like... Uh, the old school pen with a big, you know, it's a big feather. Old school, uh, you know, writing utensil, if you will. Yeah, you gotta, you know, do some cursive on parchment with it. Yes, and he even brought, he he framed a piece of paper that had him doing the ABCs in cursive. The teacher wrote check plus plus on it. Oh. So he did very good in penmanship <laughs> back in first grade. And the gimmick is that he is so proud of this penmanship that he's had all these years. So why not be Tommy Penmanship? I see. Well, that's, that's what that was. Yes. And so the Battle Royal came and went. And he committed so fully, so completely, that yes, it continued until... His run in Chaotic Wrestling was over, and he was actually signed so he, to OVW. He first got signed, then he came back as Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I think he was still Tommy Penmanship at first, but at some point, he was Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. And then he, in Chaotic, he brought Thomas Penmanship back for a while. He did. He did. And uh, that was... For being abruptly fired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the funny thing is, he was in OVW, trying to find his way, went through a lot of changes he was a manager at some point he was dr thomas i believe was his name he managed a couple of guys and at the very end right before he got fired in ovw under wwe contract he started to do thomas penmanship i'm not sure i don't don't think it ever got on tv it might have been on house shows i don't even know if he wrestled under the name but i know he was doing stuff at least in class there as Tommy or Thomas Penmanship in OVW, and that must have been someone must have seen that and just fired him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you later. Yes, but uh, yeah, that is the tale of Tommy Penmanship, one of the worst ideas ever presented, and uh, he made it work for him. He and did. What is the moral of the story there? <laughs> I don't know. What is the moral <laughs> of the story? Take bad ideas. To, uh, you know the old chicken. Shit chicken salad thing, yes. right? Can I since you just said that can I can I throw out one more? Sure. Thing? The worst idea 
in the history of professional wrestling is the Duke of Elegance. Oh, come on! <laughs> I hate I hate that dumb, stupid thing so much. And I hate the videos where <laughs> Handsome Johnny became the Duke of Elegance even more. You can find those online, folks. They are still on YouTube where Warbeard Hanson of the War Raiders, he is in NXT right now, killing it. He found his roots. <laughs> and he was 1% or that that's uh, the Western Dragon. But he was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, his uncle's nephew's cousin's barber was... Uh, from overseas. From overseas. It was very generic he, he didn't never said he was from england just for overseas because you know this guy couldn't really pull right. off a british accent so it was a very vague very muddled accent that yes, and a very the Duke of very had. wrinkled cape <laughs> that is true as well i think we talked about this last time we had uh hansen on which the was dirtiest white gloves you've ever seen it's <laughs> <laughs> just shit gimmick nothing really stayed uh clean in <laughs> in uh todd's gimmick bag there but yeah todd uh i liked it i thought it was fun it was a good change of pace from doing that thing and uh it really gave him some range yeah it certainly did range <laughs> range so bad i think last time we talked last christmas with warbeard right before he signed with nxt i think we talked about the duke of elegance don chesterfield it was right here in this room actually at the uh new england pro wrestling academy so yes Go check that out, and uh, he will agree, he will concur with me that it was a great era in his long and storied career. Yeah. Moving on. I think until he gets his WrestleMania matches, might be the highlight. <laughs> the Duke of Elegance. No. All right, those are some of the worst ideas in wrestling history that we've ever heard or we've ever been privy to. There's plenty more where that came from. I would assume so, yes. So maybe we'll come back to this at some point. I, I have some more on my list that I could have gotten to, but we're running low on time. And it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, are you hitting the highways and byways? Well, are you crisscrossing this great nation of ours? Uh, are you applying your trade as a wrestling promoter? I That I am, yes. You got dates? I got a, I got a, I got a date here. Okay. August. Yes. The 3rd. August 3rd. Woburn, Massachusetts. Right. Chaotic Wrestling returns to Woburn. <laughs> is, that, is that how you say that? To the Elks Lodge? Yes. Woburn Elks already signed for that event is a Woburn street fight between Chase Del Monte and Mike Verna. Oh, that's a long time coming. Yes. And the ongoing saga will... Christian Casanova cash in that chaotic countdown. Um, what's going to happen when Skyler returns to Chaotic Wrestling to get her women's championship from Alicia Edwards and so, so, so much more. Get your tickets at chaoticwrestling.com. All right. Well, that is wonderful. Also, you can go to anyprowrestling.com if you, you want can. to be a pro wrestler. That site hasn't been updated in 12 years, but... The site works just fine. You can contact me right via the site, right through there, and we're good to go. It works, but it doesn't... Uh... It does work. It's, it's just fine. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the Twitter. Check out the Instagram. It's all any pro N -E wrestling. Any pro wrestling for all of the above, yes. All right. Well, it is time for this week's promo about nothing, and the year is 1997. It was a good year. I graduated high school that year. I didn't. <laughs> 
And we are going down to Memphis, the USWA, United States Wrestling Association, the promotion run by Jerry the King Lawler and Jerry Jarrett as well. This time out, good old Lance Russell is standing by with Razor Ramon. Oh, all right. The bad guy. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. So let's take a listen to the bad guy in this week's promo about nothing. Well, it sounds like somebody else is looking for Diesel. Hey, Diesel, you come after my goal first, and now you see what happened, huh? Now you go after Brian Christopher's gold, you're going to get beat up either way, man. <laughs> and Friday, the 13th, Billy Joe Travis, you try to knock out Brian Christopher like that, you try to knock me out like that, Chico. I'm going to bust you upside your horrified singing head. Oh, the razor. Hey, what's happening on the 14th, the next night after that, uh, Michael? <laughs> oh, the razor. Can you believe it? Boy. Razor Ramon in the USWA. That, I, don't, I don't know about that one, Michael. Who was that? He's, he, he, I think he had a cold. He didn't sound right. He's a little off. I think he had a little frog in his throat. He uh, he looked a little different too. Well, um, hmm, maybe he's sick. He lost a little couple of lbs. Wait a minute, 1997. Right. Wasn't Scott Hall in WCW then? I didn't say Scott Hall, did I? Oh, you didn't. I said Razor Ramon. Oh, okay. But I don't think this guy's playing Razor Ramon either because he <laughs> barely had an accent. <laughs> he threw in like a mang and a Chico for good measure, but yeah. he's just really, uh, I think he's just about done with being Razor Ramon. <laughs> what surprised me most about this promo is that the crowd was reacting and cheering a little bit. Well, yeah. It's the USWA. It's Memphis. They love it. They love everything. They love everything. That's proof. They love terrible wrestling down there. <laughs> and I mean, I can't believe it. Razor Ramon and Diesel head to head. I was not privy to the fact that they were on uh, you know opposite sides at one point. USWA had a great working relationship with uh, WWE, apparently. Razor and Diesel were together with uh, when Jim Ross brought them back. But what's going on here? Well, I mean, you know, good friends, better enemies. I guess so. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a, a fake Ultimate Warrior in the past here in Memphis. So why not have a fake razor? Yeah. It was Jeff Costa booking down there, too. <laughs> he might have been. <laughs> was it, well, there was Scott Hollis. Right, Scott Hollis. I think this guy sounded more like a Scott Hollis <laughs> than a Razor Ramon, if you really think yes, about very it. very much so. So, uh, yeah, so... Razor- <laughs> and Mark, what do we have coming up on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Great end to the promo there. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, Razor Ramon, um, just uh, the most lackadaisical Razor. Lazier than me putting together a making towns or made-up clowns. It's a great walk-off at the end of that, too, where it wasn't like to the right or the left. He like walked forward towards the camera and then kind of went off to the left of the screen. Tarzan not, does not approve of that. <laughs> Who does? No, no one does. Well, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Brian Fury. One more thing. When Lance Russell 
doesn't he know that when someone does do a walk-off, you're supposed to just stare off to the side of the camera <laughs> for about 15 seconds without saying or doing anything? Lance Russell does whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> He's his own man, Brian Fury. All right, fair enough. So thank you very much for filling in for the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm glad that I could. And uh, happy to have you back here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Happy to be back. And yes, you are training people. You're training the stars of tomorrow. Trying, yes. Anyprowrestling.com for that. Chaoticwrestling.com to come and see the great stars of tomorrow in the ring. Indeed. Uh, August 3rd is the next event in Woburn. August 3rd and then August 24th will be the one after that, yeah. All right, and you're getting married. Everything is going on. Yeah, lots happening. Lots happening. Lots happening with you, though. We're uh, lots happening. What, what's going on with all of us? We're all settling down. We're all time, man. Time changes. Father Time wins again. <laughs> he sure does. All right, we are back. Well, I'm back next Monday for episode 118 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. For the absent Kingpin Brian Malonis, for Brian Fury here with me, I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.